So his family um, actually has uh, gen genetic type 2 diabetes. I, I thought that was just kind of weird. I'm like, what does, what does diabetes have to do with indoor air quality? It, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And he goes on to tell me that they have to take in a certain amount of sugars. Um, and when they're sick, they don't feel like eating. And so it's a lot harder for them to maintain those levels. And he's like, this is the first year since putting it in that we have not had one episode. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. And I'm Nate's co-host, Brian. It's good to be with you. We have an exciting interview today as we break into a new sub-series that we're going to be tackling. Uh, our sub-series is the Riches and Niches, and this one is focusing on indoor air quality. And to enlighten us on that subject, as well as some expertise around the area, we have our guest, Dave Landis. He is a service technician and field supervisor with One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He has several years with our company and then years beyond that in the trades. We're excited to learn more about all that history, as well as his expertise in the area of our subject. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, welcome, honor to be here. Good to have you, Dave. Appreciate being the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dave, we really enjoy getting to know the history of everybody and how they kind of walked their way, not only to our door, but how they even got started in the trade to begin with. So uh, give us some of your backstory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you've talked to other uh, guests on here, and um, I was thinking about how I actually got started. And uh, I guess it stems back to um, being in my, with working with my dad in, in a workshop. Um, he had a full wood shop at, at home, and so I enjoyed tinkering around with that kind of stuff. And then... Uh, Firing up the power saw, yeah, the power yeah. saw at age seven. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Uh, at a young age, <laughs> hold I, up I, your hands, Dave. I started <laughs> doing, <laughs> still got all I ten. Got all the fingers. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, I started uh, working mowing grass and stuff like that. Um, uh, actually, ran some straight gas through my dad's weed whacker nice. at a young age. Nice. Um, seized that up pretty good. Uh, and then I got into high school, and uh, there was a lot of classes and stuff that I could uh, take to that was kind of hands-on. Uh, the first one kind of sparked my interest was a small gas engines class to fix my dad's weed whacker that I seized up. And so I started there um, and took a lot of wood shop, uh, uh, electrical, um, small gas engines, welding classes at school. Between my junior and senior year, I had uh, an opportunity that a guy from my church asked me to come work for him. Uh, he owned a business doing new home construction, uh, HVAC, and uh, I started uh, doing that over the summer and quickly realized that um, that really wasn't where I wanted to be. I kind of plateaued. You can only 
do so much of the same thing. Uh, Saw your peak before you were out of high school, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I eventually knew that, you know, service is kind of where I wanted to be. Uh, I had a company that was uh, fortunate enough to train me and send me to a bunch of uh, classes anywhere ranging from, you know, a couple hours to uh, a couple weeks. And that kind of gave me the training and uh, know-how for service work. But then I ended up... Um, doing install for a while, and then also uh, running service uh, on call shifts. And so uh, I did that for about 15 years. I've been in the trade about 22 um, and was uh, working for a company uh, up in Mannheim that's no longer around. Um, and boy, when I made the decision to come here, you can even ask my wife, <laughs> Uh, I was so back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I had a lot of job security up there. We were one of the top crews up there um, and had five, six weeks of vacation and uh, paid hourly. Um, but uh, it's been the best decision that I've made back in 2014. I love that, Dave. And we're certainly so grateful that you did make that decision. So I find it interesting, you know, I, I think it's a pretty common background for people in the trades to start that very young, whether it's working with their dad or a relative around the shop, around house or something like that, and really getting their hands dirty, or just having a natural inclination towards mechanics. Uh, it sounds like you really, you back up that story. And I'm also intrigued that if I heard you correctly, basically straight out of high school, you went into the trades. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, I had two older sisters. Um, a lot of their friends and them themselves, uh, they went off to college, two-year, four-year, um, were coming out of college at that time. This was the late 90s, and uh, not to date myself or anything, but um, they were coming out of college after paying you know, forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 and not being able to find jobs in their trade. Uh, I wanted to find a job that I could support a family on, um, and... That's what it was. It was it was a job. It was it was decent paying. Um, I knew that I could live off that and and support my family. Uh, never really thought of it as a career since until uh, I came here to one hour. Yeah, that's exactly what we're excited to hear. And so many people, I think, can echo that experience. Where I mean, listen, college has its merits, and there's certainly sure. a lot of viability there, but to be able to go into a field straight out of high school or straight out of even like a, a, a trade school or something like that and have very little overhead to make up, but have an entire career path in front of you is super exciting. Yeah. Not, not, not having that second mortgage basically. That's right. Uh, has set us up uh, in such a good position just with, uh, you know, where we're, where we're living at um, just financially uh, has really set us in a, in a great position for sure. That's right. And I think that's probably a podcast that we'll focus on uh, at another time, perhaps. But for now, we want to kind of shift our gaze upon the whole idea of IAQ. And so, Dave, I wanted to start by saying, what is IAQ? IAQ is, uh, stands for Indoor Air Quality. All right. Um, just uh, products that um, improve the, the air inside your home. And what would be some examples of, of what that practically looks like? I mean, is it hocus-pocus stuff? Is it actual machines, equipments, or what are we dealing with? Um, yeah, a lot of the um, products 
that we offer, uh, ionizer, um, UV lights, electronic air filters, um, humidifiers, um, dehumidifiers, uh, HEPA systems, a lot of your hospitals and airplanes and stuff like that uh, are cleaning the air, um, and we can do that in the home. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I think why you're on here specifically is because you found this to be a niche in your service as a technician. Is that right? For sure. Yeah. And, and obviously that comes with the backing of hundreds and thousands of customers who have uh, been in your presence. You've been in their home and you've had these conversations time and time and time again. And you've you've brought up these products and these solutions in ways that made sense for them. And I mean, we've looked at your reviews. That mm-hmm. there's a lot of happy people out there. Yeah, one of the one of my biggest concerns actually coming here was that I I did know that sales was a little bit of you know a big part of um, the operation here and function, and actually got talked to or warned um, by those that didn't really know the company, but um, heard things that, you know, upsell, you know, you hear those words, um, that, uh, when you, when you don't experience the experience that we offer to the customer, um, it, it didn't take me long after coming here to realize, okay, they're doing a lot of training, uh, so that it's done the right way. And there is a right way to do it. Um, it's, it's not selling a customer. It's not taking food off the table. Um, it's presenting options uh, that a lot of customers really want um, to better their health, better their kids' health, um, protect their equipment, for sure. Yeah, and, and that's really encouraging and refreshing to hear, Dave. We appreciate that feedback. And for anybody listening who may have that more uh, skeptical opinion of our, our companies, of the, the franchise at, at large, uh, we encourage you. Before you make assumptions, before you make judgments, come check us out. Yes, and I would reiterate that um, we we do sell, we do use the word sale and upsell, upsell, and um, you know all all the jargon of things that if you're not in a professional selling organization, would it would scare you to hear. But rarely do we get somebody in the conference room for an interview and explain what we do that they they don't see it a completely different way, and that's just what we call professional selling or in some, some cases, sacrificial selling or sacrificial service. Um, but Dave, you were, you were somebody, um, one of the people, some people get here and they get it right away and, um, they take off and those people don't typically go as high as the people who get here and don't get it right away and have to struggle through it. Um, which is, which is how I started my selling career. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit about the struggle in the beginning, and I, I specifically remember you really kicking around the idea of going back to install before it clicked for you. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean the main transition from from that was uh, doing install on a regular basis. I knew it. Uh, I I did it every day. Um, <laughs> truthfully, a lot of it was just learning the technical end. Um, not so much uh, what what I know technician-wise, but uh, the iPad, you know, I wasn't an Apple guy at that point. So <laughs> learning all that stuff and then thrown in a truck with uh, uh, our service manager at the time, that wasn't the easiest to, 
to get along with. That was probably my, my biggest struggle there. But coming here, uh, as far as the IEQ, like I wanted to stand by my principles. And that's what really meant the most for me. I didn't want to sell somebody something that they didn't need. And uh, it, when I got here, we, we went through, I went through some training, a lot of training, uh, watched a lot of videos, uh, and I, I knew that I needed to understand the product in order to, to talk about it. And so I wrote a ton of notes through those videos, and after going through those videos, I was like, you know, if this stuff works half as well as what these people are telling me, then I need to have this stuff in my home. And that was my first starting point. Um, I pretty much, uh, wanted to make that investment. Uh, and I did have a little bit of slow, slow start. My slow start was, you know, maybe three months or so, but it didn't take me very long after going out on maintenance after maintenance and seeing a 10 year old system that didn't have anything on it versus a 10 year old system that has had some of these products on since the beginning. And when you can, uh, eat off the blower motor because it's, you know, so cl clean, like that's that's uh, that's important in keeping the um, longevity of the, the equipment up. Yeah, and that's what we want to hear more about, Dave. And, and before we jump into that, I'm kind of curious because your previous uh, employer, I believe, was heavily oil fake uh, focused. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so you came from a you know a very different culture. I mean, we do our share of oil here in the Northeast, so it's not uh, something that we shy away from, but. The company that you're working for, that was like a, a big primary focus of them, right? Right. Okay. So what what was it about indoor air quality coming from like an oil tech background that you're you, that made you say like, yeah, let me check this out. Man, we didn't we didn't offer we didn't offer anything. Like if I knew what I knew now, back then, like things could have been very different for me. Yeah, said everybody <laughs> yeah. at all times. Um and I was a fix-it man. Uh, we all were. Uh, and, and in any company that I've been with, we've ever been that way. You know, we would go in uh, and, and fix the issue at hand. Um, it didn't take me uh, till a couple of years where I, where I started realizing that, you know, I, I can fix your issue, but let's address the cause. You know, and any dirt and dust build up on an indoor coil or a heat exchange or anything like that, that's that's where your efficiencies drop. So is that what you're talking about? You're talking about like somebody would call you out because their blower motor failed. It failed because of, you know, just being dirty and, and years of inefficient running? Sure, sure. And so as opposed to just fixing the issue by replacing the, the part, you're saying, let's talk about why the part failed to begin with. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I oftentimes get into homes um, and... You know, it's a it's a brand new system, or um, you know, system is uh, ru everything's running fine. Um, but after years and years of uh, running repair calls and uh, watching things break down, you can you can see the reason why. Um, and the big the biggest cause of of dirt, dust, and debris in the system is lack of a proper filter. Um, and anything that you're going to buy from Home Depot or Lowe's just isn't going to do it. You know, you're looking at when you actually run the numbers, um, 
the parts per million that they're catching and stuff like that, you're looking at an all actuality of 10% of uh, or less of what airborne uh, particles that you're you're stopping. Filter manufacturers really struggle with, you know, how much can I catch versus how much do I restrict airflow? And as you buy those more expensive filters from Home Depot or Lowe's, they're, yes, they're better filters, but the only way that they can get better is by making the holes through them smaller. Yeah, that's right. If I recall, a, uh, a former service manager of ours said the best filter is a piece of carpet piece of plywood <laughs> piece or hardwood yep absolutely yeah and so yeah i mean i was a fix-it man i would go in i would fix it the customer didn't know what they were paying um i would get it up and running we would open the system up um and check everything out and you would see these systems just littered with this black bacterial growth um you know you know you know you know it's mold and mildew and stuff that you're seeing inside um and we wouldn't do anything about it. We didn't have anything. Yeah, after after coming to one hour and realizing that there's there's products out there that actually work, they've been proven, they've been tested, there's countless testimonies of customers and the benefits that they provide. Like, I feel like I did a disservice to so many customers prior, um, not letting them know that there's stuff that they can do about it. That's such a great point, Dave. I, I think back to that. Um, before I started really getting into the products and, and selling, so to speak, and offering these products, and not just offering them, but, but in a meaningful Super Bowl commercial way and not just mindlessly on autopilot just mentioning, you know, water treatment to somebody who has water so hard they can't see through their shower doors. Sure. But really start talking about these things like you can enjoy the water in your own home and for your sake, you can enjoy the air in your own home. Something I've touched on in this podcast before, and for those who don't know, Dave is consistently year in, year out within the entire one-hour network, um, if not number one, top three in IEQ sales every single year um, since it really clicked for him that first year. So Dave, t- tell us about your personal story of what it was in particular that took you from, hey, this stuff seems pretty good, to every friend and family member I have needs to hear about it, every customer I, I go to needs to hear about it. Dave talks about it to, to people who rent homes. I mean, he doesn't even stop when the owner isn't president, present. He feels like if you're in a rental property, you should still put it in yourself and, and maybe take it with you when you leave. Tell us about right. why, Dave. Well, yeah, I mean, initially, you know, I wanted to have this stuff in my house. Um, uh, because, you know, a lot of customers are asking, you know, do you have this stuff in your house? And, uh, I think it probably went, you know, six months, maybe even a year when I started to realize, like at that time when I put it in, you know, I had, I had my two boys. Um, I have, I have four children now. Um, and it didn't take long to realize that, you know, we're a family. We, we enjoy going to church. Um, something that, uh, we were brought up in, uh, and our faith carries that. Um, when we just had Gabe, my oldest, it would seem like one of us would be staying at home with him almost monthly, at least one, once a, once a Sunday a month. So, you know, a quarter of the time, you know, one of us was staying at home and missing church because 
uh, of a sickness. Or, you know, you don't want to get all the other kids sick. They're all, you know, sucking on the same toys and stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, you don't want to get any other other of the other kids sick. And then a year about about a year after I put it put the IAQ stuff in my house, I started seeing it. like I started realizing like hey, we haven't we haven't really missed church for like a long time. And like even now, I've been here seven years. I mean, I can probably count on one hand in the past five or six that we've actually missed due to one of us being sick. And now that's not everybody's story, but everybody's ailments are different. And like I tell customers that it's not a solve all, fix all problem. But if I can if I can help protect my expensive system that you know it's expensive to replace yeah and if i can protect that and in addition do the best job at keeping my family healthy you know the co-pays um the doctor's visits all that stuff that costs money and i really feel that i've probably paid for my system three times over um in the savings that we've had and there's countless testimonies uh, of that too i think of uh, uh, the one customer I was at, uh, he even said, um, this is about a year after I put it in and I didn't really hear all of the backstory at the beginning, but he started telling me the second time that I was there that, Hey, thanks for putting that stuff in. You know, we've, we've really been really healthy. And, uh, he, I'm like, well, tell me a little bit more, more about that. So his family, um, actually has uh, gen- genetic type two diabetes and he starts telling me that his you know his younger boys and they're all healthy i mean they you know not not obese or anything like that and i I thought that was just kind of weird i'm like what does what does diabetes have to do with indoor air quality you know it doesn't make any sense and he goes on to tell me that when they're sick they have to take in a certain amount of sugars um to keep their uh, their numbers up to where I don't know everything there is, you know, about diabetes, but yeah, you know, they have a they have a sugar intake that they have to uh, they have to maintain. Um, and when they're sick, they don't feel like eating, and so it's a lot harder for them to maintain those levels. You know, a lot more episodes, um, you know, stuff like that with their boys when they're sick. And he's like, "This is the first year since putting it in that we have not had one episode." That's know. such a good story, Dave. I, I'd never heard that before. Uh, and, and the impact on that family that you had for them in presenting those solutions like was so great and, and really unexpected in the way that you even thought it was going to occur. Right. Man, what a, what a great example. Do you have others of, of beneficial customers who had similar experiences? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I probably have half a dozen. Um, <laughs> I can pull up my phone here and it says... Yeah, IAQ uh, customers, and I've had uh, you know many customers, but a few key. I, I've saved their numbers in the phone because they were like, "You have anybody on the fence? Um, you tell them to give me a call." Wow! Because I, for years I've been waking up um, coughing and congested, um, nosebleeds, stuff like that, and ever since putting the stuff in. It has gone away, and you know, yeah. There's there's just a lot of a lot of testimonies like that. That um, 
like and again and you're, you're not going to get that with with everyone you know some people are a lot more healthier than others but um for the protection uh for the best protection i feel it needs to be in every home and so i talk about it and that's some of my success there um it's just talking about it at every call and I have, I have passion about it because I know what it's done for me and I relate that experience to the customer. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really the important part of it. And I was going to ask you, so your, your desire to discuss it really was founded upon your own personal experience with the products. Correct. And then that, that foundation was backed up by the experience of other customers time and time again, as you started to Absolutely. Kind of present it more and more, and then you kept getting this feedback. Right. Right. That's fantastic. So Dave, I, I want to ask you about that. Now, now that we're kind of in the heat of it here, what exactly does that look like? What do you talk about in the home? How do you even enter into the conversation to bring up indoor air quality? Do you just like go at it and say, Hey, here's some my AQ stuff or, or do you come at it from different directions? Um, yeah, I mean, every job is a, um, a different, circumstance you know uh it, it kind of goes back into a lot of your other guests that you've you've had on the show here you know it's building that rapport you know i know aaron was uh talked about uh, doing that and and from the from the moment that you pull in the driveway uh the process that we have here um you know not running through their grass you know getting that customer on a bad mood that's 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 the start of it but, you know, parking in your design spot and asking if that's okay, um, having a conversation and building that rapport the whole way through the call. I try to get in front of the customer as much as possible. So I, I talk to them as I come in through the door and a little chit-chat, and my wife's going to be laughing because, like, <laughs> uh, my, my small talk communication is probably my, my weakest. But, like, for some reason, it just... A, a switch is flipped it's it's what i know it's and it just comes uh, natural uh, and so I, I enjoy that customer relations and building that um building that rapport with with the customer you know brenna went on to you know, you know saying you know setting goals and stuff like that uh ryan you know listening to listening to the customer um and so getting in front of them um, up and down. Yeah. I talk to them and say, you know, uh, you know, I'll be up and down. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, and then as I'm walking through, I'll just spark up conversation up and down. You mean up and down their stairs? Sure. In the basement, out the door, out the, the door. Basement. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'll carry their, their condensate pump up through with all the crap in it or I'll, uh, carry a dirty filter you know, up through the house and, and just ask them about that. And, uh, that's kind of just sparks the conversation, uh, there for the end that I, I, I sometimes even get into the conversation of IQ. Like, has anybody ever, you know, told you that there's a, there's a better filter that you can put in here. And, uh, and a lot of times, a lot of times they're, uh, a lot of times they're, they're, they've, we've been there several times and they do know, you know, they're, that's a reality. Um, you know, you get that conversation, uh, sometimes too, that, you know, every time that you guys come, it's, you're offering something new. 
And um, I enjoy those conversations now because, um, you know, the whole doctor analogy. You know, you go to a doctor, he, you have a bum shoulder, and he sends you out the door after giving you a prescription, and you know, a week later you have a heart attack. And uh, you go back in and you survive the heart attack, and you're like, oh, I'm surprised you lasted a week. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're looking at it like, what do you mean? Well, when you were in for your shoulder, you know, I noticed that your heart wasn't beating, you know, correctly. It was a little offbeat. And, uh, well, well, why wouldn't you have told me that? Well, I'm not a salesman, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's, and that's kind of what I feel like I'm doing. Like I, I, I see a need and offering solutions to fix it. I want to circle back real quick to what you said about, uh, not being small talk, not being your, uh, specialty because, um, who was there? Well, the, the aforementioned Brennan, Mackimer, who was on a previous episode, Aaron Buckwalter, who was on a previous episode, Dave, um, Dave's wife, Leah, my wife, Amelia, all of our wives were on a, a Bimax sponsored cruise together. And yet Dave's strong suit isn't necessarily uh, small talk, although I would say he is very good at it uh, when he decides to be. But the most I heard Dave talk in an entire week on a cruise and in three different three different countries with him was <laughs> on a bus driving to uh, go horseback riding in San Juan, Puerto Rico, when we didn't have phone reception most of the week. Um, so when we got it, when we when we were in that bus in San Juan and we could actually use our, our phones, and we have, you know, I'm, I'm managing two of the divisions, so I have a work phone. Dave is a technician, so he has a work phone and I believe a personal phone at that time, didn't you? Just work. Okay, just a work phone. <clears throat> but as a technician, Dave has no obligation to touch his phone that entire week. I mean, when you're on vacation, you're on vacation. You don't have to have your work phone certainly anywhere near you. However, a call came through while we were sitting on that bus, and I was I was two rows behind him, or I would have loved to get it on video. Um, <laughs> and my wife and I were kind of shushing everybody around us so we could hear as Dave answered a, a phone call, and it was a, a client of his who he had talked about IAQ with. And Dave snapped into, you know, Nate Minnick in an interview mode over here. <laughs> it was he, he was a motor mouth and was very, I mean, he, he absolutely personified all of our, our uh, core values here at this location, which is professionalism, empathy, gratitude and drive in one phone call he just summed up all four of those things but he was so nurturing with that client I, I, I never found out who the client was or what type of person it was but he he talked to that person like he was talking to one of his kids explaining the IAQ in, in such a great way and then closing it extremely professionally and I even heard him talking about I think you actually had them call into the office and get financed on that call, did you not? I think so. And it was, I was truly struck um, because a lot of people talk to Dave and they say, how is he, how is he the number one indoor air quality guy or at least top three year in, year out in all of the one hours? And that phone call, man, I wish I could have gotten it on video, um, <laughs> summed it up 
perfectly. He, he's a true professional. He takes great pride in himself, in his company, in his product, um, and he truly believes in the product. Yeah, Dave, that's that's an incredible story. Thanks for relating that, Brian. And I think I'm understanding from you that basically you'll get to indoor air quality solutions no matter what throughout the call, whether it's you bring up the filter to show them and then you have a conversation about filtration or you're bringing up a condensate pump and it's dirty and then you get to talk about dirt in the home. Are there any other ways that you come about that conversation? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess... It doesn't matter what it is, Ma- maintenance, uh, service. Like, I I truly believe that it, it should be in every home. And so, one of the biggest questions that I uh, I probably talk about the most is getting a time frame. Hey, what what's your time frame here? Are you planning? What does on, that mean? Push that out for us. Are you Are you planning on staying here for a while? You know, you'll get the answers like, eh, probably three, five years, uh, you also get a lot of, yeah, they're going to carry me out. I mean, surprisingly enough, that's that's the exact wording that a lot of people use. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, great, you know. Um, and that really, that really defines what's best for the customer. You know, if they're planning on moving or in a year or so, you know, that investment may not make sense for them. You know, let's go with let's go with a repair option to get this thing uh, running until you till you till you sell. Um, you know, and that goes along with what Ryan was saying with age and stuff like that. Like that all that question is just so key in, in knowing what is going to be best for that homeowner. Um, you know, if they know if you know that this the system, you know, there's a lot of times old refrigerant, whatever. You know that system is going to be less than two years. If they have a five-year plan, they're going to have to replace that system, and so you know it make more, it may make more sense for me to talk about you know does that make sense? Um, I oftentimes balance you know it's a it's a tough balance sometimes uh, knowing what to talk about, but um, yeah the IAQ stuff uh, if they're planning on staying there not only you know with the with the products that we ha- have to offer. The lifetime warranty, like it's a it's a no brainer, an investment for life uh, that they're going to be able to not only protect the existing system that they have now, but any future system that they they would ever replace. Yeah, and that's so important, Dave. And I love how you're catering your options to uh, questions that you're getting feedback from the client, right? So you're you're asking them like, how long are you staying in the home? How important is is uh, allergies to your home and family like do you have anybody in the home that that struggles with that and then then you're catering your conversation and what you're going to talk about and how you're going to talk about based upon their answers just like a doctor would do a doctor begins in investigation mode how long has this been a problem do you have any history of this in your family have you been experiencing any other symptoms and then the prescription comes out right yeah uh i've kind of kind of shied away a little bit of, you know, asking, does anybody have allergies? Because it kind of puts a, a yes or no question. Yeah. Um, whereas if I talk about the benefits that it can do for the system and then kind of lead into that, oh, yeah, well, you know, it would really help my daughter with her allergy. You know, then then it then it kind of can spark that decision. I mean, we don't have any allergies in, in my family. 
that's not the reason that I put it in. And so the main reason that I put it in was to help protect the system because I, I, I knew after doing that research that, you know, it's the best thing for inside. And then seeing all the benefits health-wise, you know, that's, that came after. So that brings up another question then. When you're discussing these solutions with a client, are you talking solely about health? Are you talking solely about equipment? Do you, do you bridge the two possibilities together or do you yeah. cater that based upon the client's concern? Um, cater it a little bit, but uh, I talk about the benefits. You know, it's mainly educating the customer and just talking about the benefits that it's going to benefit them. If that you know, if that makes sense, that's and and that will gear, you know, that that will go one way or another. Sometimes, you know, some people are are only looking for protection. Some people are looking only for health. You know, but talking about the benefits of both, if if they're leaning more, you know, if you have a healthy family, oh, we never get sick. Then yeah, I'm going to steer towards the benefits that it's going to do for the equipment and, right. and keeping up the efficiencies over the lifespan of it and, and stuff like that. I love that. Dave, I'm sure that you are not closing that conversation at 100%. And I'm sure that there are some clients oh, out wish. there. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm sure there's some clients out there who uh, they give you some pushback and, and they, you know, they tell you no and they tell you no and why they tell you no. So what are some of those obstacles you have to overcome when you're having this conversation? What are the, what are some of those obstacles? Yeah. Call them objections. What, what type of objections do you hear? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I do a, I can pretty much, I would say probably 95%. I can get that customer on board that they need this. That's incredible. Um, a lot of it's just overcoming financing, how they're gonna how they're gonna pay for it. And so there's many objections there where you know they're going through um, a remodel or you know the husband or, or wife spouse you know isn't home to, to discuss it. Um, and I mean, there's, there's always things there that I can work on. Following up is probably one of my weaknesses. Um, but yeah, I can pretty much, I feel like, uh, with the opportunity, uh, I can get that customer on board. It's just overcoming, uh, the financial commitment to it. That, that's amazing to hear that, Dave. I mean, would you, can you give us like a, a sample of what that conversation sounds like? Like, how do you, how do you step into it? What do you talk about? So, I mean, initially, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I came there to do. That's right. So, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm on a, a, a repair call, hey, uh, Nate, I was down uh, checking everything out. You know, your, your inducer motor is, is what's starting to go on you. And that's, okay. that's causing um, uh, the issues that you're seeing inside. You know, while I was checking that out, you know, we've never been here before. So I wanted to kind of look over the system as a whole because, yes, I can fix your issue. But, um, you know, if you have other concerns, I don't want to be back out here two weeks from now, you know, charging you another trip charge and, uh, you know, for another small part of it. So I just wanted to kind of check over everything. And I really, you know, looking through the system, I, 
you know, this is, you know, pictures are, pictures are big. And so, you know, this is your blower compartment. You know, see how dirty this and dusty This is your brain is. on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like you miss what, like what, three what type quarters of, of, our, <laughs> of the 12 people who listen to this podcast. That's a pretty old commercial. <laughs> <laughs> like what, you know, have you been using this style of filter this, you know, this whole time? Because this is a pretty, you know, it's not a very expensive filter. It's, a, it's pretty cheap. It's not really catching a whole lot for you. Um, you know, this is causing uh, this to get dirty and, um, you know, your blower... Uh, is running at, at, at a lesser percentage efficiency-wise uh, because of it. Uh, you know, your, your starter, your capacitor for that blower motor is, you know, such and such low. And so I kind of I peak, peak their interest in, you know, there are different ways that we can um, uh, keep that clean for you. Um, and then, I, yeah, I mean, really, I, I don't, I don't spill all the beans right at the get-go. I, I, I'm, I'm constantly kind of going through and, and telling little bits and pieces here. Uh, and then I'm like, hey, you know, let me just go outside and do up some paperwork and, and, and jot down some options for you. It's all about options. Um, customers don't like to be told that they have to do this or that. Uh, I had one yesterday. Um, she, needed, she needed IAQ. The unit was 20-some years old. She actually needed uh, to replace the system, but she was she's planning on living there another six months, uh, and I wanted to just kind of look over everything. And you know, it was a three hundred dollar, four hundred dollar repair till it was all said and done. But pointing out some of these other issues, she's like, "I don't want to pass on that to somebody else." And sometimes that's IAQ, but sometimes it's you know just functionality of of the unit too. And I mean, there's many times on service calls that I'll, uh, I'll point out their, their issue, but then offer other options with it and just giving them those options, um, and coming back in and I have it all listed out. I have it all listed out, um, and go down through each one of the options. You know, this is what you can do. We can, we can fix it. Um, Obviously, sometimes replacement is, is an option there. Um, but then oftentimes with that, I, I like to give the, the IEQ stuff on there because if nothing else, it gives them something to decline. Absolutely. And so I'm more inclined to get that repair because, you know, maybe not with the IEQ, but, you know, 25% of the time, you know, I am able to do that. And they do want that. So... Yeah, the conversation really varies um, depending on the customer, depending on the situation. Um, it, it's really feeling out uh, where they are at financially too. Uh, I don't want to, you know, judge a book by its cover, uh, and I've grown to to not do that. Right. I mean, I I'll go to the most expensive homes, you know, millions of dollars, and. Uh, offer those solutions, but I'll, I'll do the same thing at, you know, the row homes and stuff like that, because you just never know. You know? Yeah, and I think that's a really important day, uh, important point, Dave, excuse me, that the consistency of what you're doing is yielding the success that you're experiencing. For sure. You're not pre-qualifying the customer based upon some, you know, random 
categories or even things that you're observing, you are presenting this as a need, as a as a good thing, no matter who you're in front of. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have the customers, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. And that's probably some of my, more my mentality. Um, it's, you know, I grew up Mennonite. So, you know, notoriously it's, you know, that's the kind of motto that my parents live by, you know, the Mennonitality. Um, <laughs> what? The Mennonitality. Yeah. Um, Frugal in all things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where a lot of my uh, financial security kind of stems from too. But um, I, I grew up that way. And then coming overcoming that and just not judging uh, whether this person can afford it or not um, and just giving them the options – and with all of our financing options and stuff like that, you know, almost everybody can afford it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make it doesn't make doesn't make sense for some people, and that's okay. But yeah, every every job um, is just you know presenting them with with the options. Yeah, to the last do or do, or not. Definitely, the last thing you want to do as a as a person in somebody else's home is look around and say. Eh, they don't have my tastes, therefore, they can't afford this product. Therefore, I refused to pre- present it to them, which is as condescending as and belittling as you can behave toward another human being in Absolutely. their home. Hey, amazing stuff today, Dave. Appreciate you sharing uh, your experiences, even some of your dialogue, some of your uh, strategy behind that. The last part that I wanted to focus on is speaking to other technicians. So you personally have an experience where you came at this from a, a, a place of ignorance, right? You, you weren't sure, you didn't know. If I'm that technician and I don't have a lot of experience with indoor air quality, where should I start? Start small. Uh, learn one product. That's what I did when I came here. Um, I think I, uh, I'm trying to think of what I even focused on. Um, I think it was even smaller than indoor air quality, but just uh, uh, like surge protection or something like that, um, uh, something to uh, super boost or something to, you know, I started small and I learned that product. I learned that product well, and I talked about it at every call. And then uh, as I got comfortable talking about that, I added another thing, you know, and I started talking about the UV light um, and it, and it got to a point probably pretty quick and probably within the first six months where now at that point I'm writing down an option sheet and I have, you know, eight different options on there. And, uh, and that was the main thing. Just, just kind of start small, uh, set your goals. Um, I wanted my, my main objective was that I wanted to, um, surpass my hourly for the day. And so I needed to have, you know, I wanted to have this, you know, this amount of of truck value for, for the day. And, um, you know, as I got comfortable hitting that, then I, I stepped it up and, and got to know more about the next product and the next product and the next product until, uh, I was, I was putting packages in, uh, bundling these uh, for multiple different things. Yeah, incredible. 
But right. I mean, I mean, m- money is money's a motivator for sure. But it wasn't it wasn't my primary motivator. Uh, I think Brian said it best um, years ago. I, I'll never forget it. Five six years ago, um, and like as a technician, you know, or, or just a working body, like to support our family, we have to work. And I'm going to, it's guaranteed that I'm going to be away from my family anywhere between eight to sometimes 16 hours, 22 hours if you work <laughs> yeah. um, a, a day. And, uh, I really, um, I, during that time, I want to make as much, much as possible. And I want to make him the most of that day. Uh, perfect for the podcast, <laughs> but, um, uh, for those hours that I'm away, uh, I, I want to be able to provide my family the best as possible. And, and that's every opportunity, every hitting every call um, with passion, with enthusiasm, just like Jamie kind of pointed out, um, uh, and, and transferring uh, that enthusiasm to the customer, caring for them, just uh, looking out for the customer um, and taking interest in, in their lives. That's right. Now, Dave, I'm sure there's some skeptical listeners out there. Some technicians are like, yeah, man, that that uh, voodoo magic they call indoor air quality, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. What do you have to say to them? Proof is in the pudding. I mean, you start getting into homes and uh, talking to customers, um, reading reviews, you know, uh, I think there's a lot of skepticism when I came in, as there is probably anybody that ex- succeeds uh, uh, here. And um, after riding with somebody, after seeing the process, um, hearing the testimonies of the customers, uh, that that proof is is real, and uh, the facts ba- base it up. Yeah, I mean, if there's anybody skeptical out there. Um, Give us a call, uh, shoot us an email, uh, do a ride along uh, with one of our with with our technicians, and you can you can see that uh, our our reviews are there um, from our customers that that the stuff uh, it, it works. Yeah. And I would and I would often I mean I oftentimes tell customers I'm like there's there's many other products out there. You're gonna see bad reviews. You're gonna see good reviews. A lot of those bad stuff. Uh, the bad reviews um, are from filter manufacturers that don't provide the quality of filters that that we provide. Yeah, uh, and, and certainly if you if you're out of state listening and you want you want you know proof or um, at least something to help convince you that the, these really are good products, shoot us an email. Go to the website wastenoday.com. The email's in there. Contact us. We can we can screenshot you some reviews of our clients that that are just overwhelmingly in support of these products, and these are the people who actually, you know, whipped out their debit cards or, or wrote us checks to own these products. Hey, really good stuff today, Dave. Thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. Um, we love sure. loved having you here, and a lot of good practical advice for anybody listening. Uh, we can't let you go without doing our rapid fire questions, oh, buddy. Gosh. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into that. Uh, you are a guest on our podcast, but uh, just out of curiosity, if you were starting your own podcast, who would be your first guest out of anybody? Living? 
Well, yeah, we can't record from the dead. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> These questions get way out of, out of that, that universe. <laughs> um, I, I would probably have to say Michael Jordan. I like that. Uh, he's, uh, he was a, a youth uh, idol uh, growing up in athletics and stuff, and yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed his uh, series that he had. Um, the Last just, Dance. Yeah, Last Dance. Nice. Yep. All right. Uh, when someone finds out where you come from, what is a question they always ask you? Are you Amish? <laughs> I figured that was coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. If you had a chance to ride a Zeppelin, would you do it? That's a blimp. I I know what a Zeppelin is. <laughs> I don't think he's talking to you, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've uh, I I jumped out of a plane before. Okay, so, so uh, no fear I, of falling from the sky. Yeah, uh, my wife, on the other hand, she she hates where uh, like a hot air balloon, where something like that, that she doesn't have any control. Yeah. So uh, she would definitely be a no for that, but. <laughs> Um, as long as it wasn't the Hindenburg or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's a plane attached to the bottom of it that you can <laughs> yeah. hop in and then shoot yourself down. Shout out to Indiana Jones out there. But, all right. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see here. If a new volcano formed in the area and you you were called upon to name it, what would it be? A new volcano? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you got another one? <laughs> like something where I'm dying Mount, do you have another one? That's not very inspiring, Dave. Dave needs a lifeline. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll give you a throw, uh, uh, an easy throw, soft one, softball one here. Uh, strangest pet you've ever owned? Um, I've owned two pets. No, three. I had a rabbit. That was the strangest one? That was the strangest one, yeah. I mean, I had a cat and a dog. So the other, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, that would it would have to be the rabbit. That's you. I'm the rabbit. No, uh, what was your strangest pet? Oh, I only had one. And it was a cat. <laughs> so You've only saying. ever had one pet. Yeah, I'm not a big pet guy. Oh my goodness, I've dug up all kinds of things and made. I owned a salamander for a short time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. find stuff all over the place and call it my own. <laughs> <laughs> my precious. <laughs> my <laughs> All right, Dave, uh, last one here for you. Uh, our senses, we generally think we have five primary senses. Uh, many of them have the ability to recall specific memories for you. Uh, let's take, I don't know, for example, hearing. When, when you hear something like a song or, or something like that, what is it and, and what memory does it drive up for you? Uh, it depends what song. Um... But yeah, I I would say uh, my hearing. I I enjoy hearing different songs, and it'll take you right back to that specific memory. You know, whether it's a club mix uh, or a country song. Let's we'll have that as part two <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> club mix. <laughs> oh well, I mean, yeah, it, I was at a, a get together, and one of the guys put a. Uh, uh, set list of just like old 90s 
and like as they came through you're just like you were excited for the next one because it it literally took you back to you know that year or, you know that event or that concert or whatever yeah that time you you put straight gas in your dad's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not that far well uh, the 80s were good too <laughs> hey good stuff today dave that's a wrap for us and uh, we hope that you found this conversation beneficial uh, if you are looking to learn more about indoor air quality as dave mentioned you can always reach out to us uh, and we will we'll source that information for you if we can if you're a technician and you want to learn more we'd love to hear from you and if you're a technician and you just love this type of conversation, this type of like, hey, how can I get better? How can I find the next level? Then we want to hear from you too, because we would love to have you join our team. We're always looking for fresh faces. We're always looking for new people who want to come into our organization and make the most of it. And if you love what you hear besides that, we do want to hear from you too. You know, Give us a, a look up on Facebook. You can find us on wastenoday.com. Uh, leave some comments for our podcast, whatever it may be. Always remember that you have the opportunity to push yourself farther. Nobody can hold you to a higher level of accountability than you can yourself. You have the one. You have the choice. You have the requirement to push yourself to the next level and to require more of yourself. And so we want to remind you, challenge you of that, and encourage you to keep on pushing. Always remember that you have the opportunity to wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. podcast is a production of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing, and Mr. Sparky Electric. <laughs>